one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello there, season's greetings. I'm Danny Kelly and you're listening to Danny Kelly's TalkSport Daily podcast. I thank you, of course, to Andy Goldstein for sitting in for me over the festive period. On the show today, you'll hear the fallout from another Arsenal defeat in Mikel Arteta's first home game. Actor Stephen Graham will pick his best ever Liverpool team and Joe Root speaks exclusively to TalkSport 2 after another defeat away from home, this time against South Africa in the first test at Centurion. But we start with myself, Danny Kelly, uh, and him, Simon Jordan, in the final word, talking about the Gunners' home defeat to rivals Chelsea. I know you love a manager who changes things after half an hour if they admit that they haven't got, yeah. got it right. He took off, he went to a back three uh, with the wing-backs, so served him so well against Tottenham. Yeah. It was clearly Arsenal we were, too, we were not allowing them, uh, they were playing so compactly that the wide players were a waste of space for mm-hmm. Chelsea's team. And, I mean, sad for Emerson, who'd done nothing wrong compared to anybody else, but if somebody but has to go... Is needed, yeah. That's right. Because it's about you know, and you're course, the business of winning it games. It brings on Jorginho, who wins yeah. the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, in, you know, incisive and decisive management, isn't it? If you, if, you, if you need to change something, you know, too often managers sit there and prevaricate and pontificate, where I think you get natural leaders and it goes against the grain of what I said about Lampard getting this job but when you've got a natural leader like Stop Lampard is Stop beating yourself up Stuff changes Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. but you know you also got to be accountable for what you say yeah. you know, and, and I was very much against Lampard's appointment in in fact I didn't think he'd earned the right to have that job but in so far as he's doing what he's doing now you know when he makes decisions that change the direction of a game that's what experienced management does and he's not an experienced manager so that's what decisive management does well, I always say I don't want us to be predictable because you know it does give I'm sure uh, Mikel Arteta, who's obviously, I think, going to be a top manager at this club, watched us against Tottenham, f- tried to find ways to make it negate it for us and make us have too many bodies at the back, not marking people and get control of the game, and they did that. So, you know, we, we need to be flexible and be able to change, and uh, we'll go on like that. Arsenal 1, Chelsea 2. Tammy Abraham on the break is the man who scored the goal. Mikel Arteta will know exactly the job he's got in his hands. And what will kill him most of all is this is a breakaway goal from an Arsenal attack. We will discuss in the next few days internally where we can uh, improve the squad because at the moment we have a lot of injuries. As I said, some of them might be long-term as well, so we have to adapt the plan. And after England's loss in the cricket over on TalkSport 2, here's our very own Darren Goff, Steve Harmison and Mark Butcher reflecting on the loss. But first, England skipper Joe Root. I think we've got to be brutally honest with that. I think we probably strayed a little bit more than you'd usually expect from our attack. 
Um, gave too many boundary options on a very fast scoring out outfield. But we did get in a position where, you know, 111 for five, um, and we, that was where you want to really turn the screw. And we, we saw them let, let them get back into it a little bit, which was slightly disappointing. Um, but, you know, I, th I think you can't really look at the toss when you get yourself in that position. I think more than anything, you've got to look at how we can get better, how we can hit our lengths more consistently. Uh, and use our bounces effectively. Yeah, I, I understood with the toss. I mean, you, you were kind of playing the hand you were dealt, which was that you had a five-seam seam attack. It was green. You felt that your best way of going into it was to try and knock South Africa over, perhaps for what I'm, I'm guessing you're thinking 180 rather than 280, and maybe trying to get a, a big lead and take advantage later on. Um, so I'm, I'm, I wouldn't blame you for the decision of the toss. What I would say was is that you perhaps... You know, you gave them 100 too many runs the first innings to be comfortable enough to, to be able to go past them to, to see out the game plan that you were looking at. I agree. I agree. I, I think we, we could have been a lot tighter. We could have been a lot more consistent. But ultimately, losing 37 for five or however much it was, um, that's where the game's been won and lost in the first innings. Um, you know, we've shown second innings how to apply ourselves, how to get ourselves to a good score on an on a even trickier surface. So um, that's probably where you'd say the game really swung in South Africa's favour um, and we've battled really hard from that point onwards you know we showed a lot of character over the back end of the test match in conditions which probably favoured the opposition so it's, it's frustrating in many ways because we generally do when our backs up are against the wall we, we really come out and, and we show a lot of character we, we need to do it early on in the game so we need to get ahead of the game and really turn the screw when we get a chance to. I think the character, Joe, has, has been evident. Um, the lads have not mourned once uh, about the sickness bug that's gone through the team. And you must be pretty pleased on a positive uh, point, is but the top five in Boston Innings sowed some terrific steel. And that's surely, going forward, that can be a positive for English cricket. Absolutely it is. Uh, it's a lot of inexperience in that top five uh, with a couple of really experienced guys around it. Um, and they're going to have to learn very quickly because it's test cricket, you, you know, you, you're always judged on performance. But experiences like that, if you can harness it and take it forward into the rest of the series, you can very quickly grow as a player and as a team. And, you know, we're looking at building big first inning scores when we get our opportunities. You get to 30, 40, you make it really count. We've got a number of guys that have done that recently in, in, in New Zealand. Um, but, you know, it's about doing it in these conditions now. Um, we've had a good look at... What we're going to get thrown at us throughout this series now, it's about adapting to that, adapting to the wickets, the, the, the surrounding conditions, and then going out and performing. Joe, we've just been discussing here, going forward, the role of a spinner in your side. I know you, you deliberately went with the, the five-man seam attack in New Zealand. You were perhaps forced into it here with, with the illness and everything. What is, your, what is your plan going forward? What is your feeling as a captain as to, as to whether you need that, uh, that change in style when you're out there in the field? Yeah, I... I think in an ideal scenario, you'd always want a, a spin option. Um, but I turned up at this ground on this surface, and you think five seamers would be very effective, um, especially with the amount of grass here, which is so uncharacteristic of this venue. Um, and I sort of proved that was sort of proved right for a period in the first innings. We just didn't follow it through. So, of course, you know you want as many options as you can. You want if if it was perfect scenario, you want left arm angle, you want 95 mile an hour bowler, you want a swing bowler, and you want a good spinner. And um, now we, we've constantly got we've got Jeet in here working very hard with the guys, making sure that those are, guys are ready. Unfortunately, Jack's been taken ill again, which is, is really sad news for him. Um, and hopefully he can get himself fit and ready and right as soon as possible. Um, but, you know, we've just got to keep making sure that those guys on the fringes are doing everything they can to be ready if, if given the opportunity and, and the surfaces allow.
You know, we've been critical of the captain um, throughout this this test match, but I thought the way the captain player Joe Root in this second innings was was magnificent, and I think. Not only did it take the sting out of Eng uh, the, the England batting, but also when Ben Stokes got out, I thought it took the sting out of Joe Root as well. And I think the shot that Johnny Bestow played, I think finished him off. Uh, I really did. He took some blows to the, the midriff, to the wrist. And there's a lot being made of the way Joe Root's gone about this test match. The toss, the, the bowlers, um, the field positions, all that. But I thought he stood up today and I just, I just thought it was a fantastic day of test match cricket. Over now to the warm-up, and here's Max Rushton and Barry Glendenning and a classic game of Culver House. Uh, game of Culver House? Uh, why not? Why not, eh? Hey, we'll let's... try and bring it back into repute. <clears throat> yeah, let's have a go. Here we go. Uh, Mikhail Beck. Robert Ullathorne. Robert Rosario. Chris Kwamia. Robert Fleck. Alan Devonshire. Alan Harper. Alan Kernahan. Michelle Vonk. Simon Garner. Chris Marsden. Roger Joseph. Rick Holden. Ruben Agbula. Timothy Atuba. Mustafa Hadji. Yusuf Chippo. Franz Carr. Scott Oaks. Scott Sellers. Des Linton. Trevor Morley. Martin Hayes. Ian Brightwell. Kevin Gage. Ian Crook. Stuart Nethercott. Ian Ormondroyd. Peggy Arfaxad. Nigel Jemson. Scott Gemmell. Ian Culverhouse. Oh, well done. Shows, shows the benefits of a break. Absolutely a Christmas right. break. Yeah, it really was. Um, but that was... That was a, considering how many games we've had to play over the Christmas period, certainly for me, perhaps I, perhaps I was a little bit off my game and you know yeah. it has been scientifically proven that you can't play as many games of Culver House in a short period of time as I've been forced to play I don't have a, a, a deep squad uh, <laughs> you couldn't rotate I couldn't rotate um, we've already established I've you know I'm, I'm not doing anything but being on TalkSport every day so that's really affected things as well but we'd love to get your thoughts on that game of Culver I, I think the most important thing and what Culver House needed was uh, just to be brought back into the realms that had been in previous times after what's been a Well, it was really becoming an international <laughs> laughing stock. On the streets of Delhi, they spoke of little else. <laughs> we can head over now to the Sunday exclusive with Mark Saggers, Ray Houghton and Neil Redford. Here they are talking West Ham and Manuel Pellegrini sucking over the weekend. I just think that the modern-day football, it's too easy for him to down tools. Um... And I know it's in, in days gone by when I played, as soon as you cross that white line, you're judged. You know, and if you're yeah. not playing well, you, it's, it's about your personal performance within that team. Um, and you want to do your best. You, you want to you portray yourself in the best light. 
Um, and it's almost like, you know, there's the saying to go, well, we move on and we, we go to the next one. And, you know, but there's, there's got to be something more final there that hurts, you know, that hurts the players that you don't want to get I, I, beat. Neil, I, I want to use the word, the word continuity here, because just take Chelsea at the moment then. This time they've gone for Frank Lampard, possibly earlier than they thought they would, but Frank's obviously shown that he's ready with Jody Morris. There's continuity there, because Morris knows a lot of those younger players when he was involved in the youth at Chelsea. You look at one or two other clubs as well now. I mean, one of the great examples, Pep Guardiola with uh, Mikel Arteta and their team at Manchester City. But so often, fashionable managers come in with the whole of their backroom staff, clearing out everybody else, it completely sort of leaves players already at the club confused about the new man and all the ones that go with him and everything else. I believe that uh, parts, and we've talked about this earlier, the old-fashioned manager and player recruitment has to be a part of the modern way forward or else, you know, if you're just going to use a manager to come in every two years and then he disappears, the club is never, ever going to be able to achieve the things it wants to do lower than the top four or five with all the dough. Well, it depends what the who the manager is, Mark, as well, though. You know, if you're bringing in a better calibre manager than the one you had previously and he's going to try to imp improve your club and he's but got he's better got ideas... he's to come to that club, hasn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Did Pellegrini yeah. want to go to West Ham or did he just want another job in the Premier League? Uh, uh, well, I'd, you'd have to ask him that. We can't answer for him, but let, let's see that I can only go on that he's gone in there to try and improve West Ham uh, and it's down to his tactics it's down to his style of football but it's also down to the players you've got to buy in now listen all the top man you look, you go to and he'll tell you this Pep Guardiola Jurgen Klopp Jose Mourinho they know you've, the, the players at their club has got talent but what they say to them is can you go out there and have a good attitude? Can you be fully committed? Can you run around for 90 minutes? Because that's what I need from you. Because there's going to be a lot of games when you're not going to be playing well, but your attitude and your commitment will get you through it. And that's what's been levelled against some players at some clubs. And that's a terrible thing to be levelled against you as a player. Someone thinks you're not trying. Mr Gold... Mr. Sullivan and Mr. Sullivan Jr., wherever uh, Maurizio Pochettino lives, there's bound to be uh, gates at the front where they push that little button at the front <laughs> with the little TV screen. Said, it's West Ham here, Mr. Pochettino. No, We'd love Mark, you to come Mark, to... at least ask the question. No, 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 Mark. Come on. At least, if you've got any ambition about you, one of the best managers, yeah. pound for pound, in the Premier League in the last few years, of Pochettino. He, he, he lives in Essex, can't live anywhere. He must live somewhere in Essex. Go yeah. round there. On the way to Preston to get David Moyes because you know he's going to say no just go on, let, let's stay I might ask Mesut Ozil for the 493rd time mm. can you stop doing an interview he's going to say no but yeah. it doesn't mean I'm not going to ask him have some ambition yeah I can't believe I'm asking you questions today but there we are that's what it's all about it's Ian Abraham <laughs> Back to myself and Simon Jordan on the final word on Sunday on Liverpool's victory over Wolves with, uh, you guessed it, more VAR controversy. They have managed to find an angle, not square onto the action, oh, in yes. which a tiny piece of one of the Wolverhampton Wanderers players... He's off! Put, <laughs> I mean, it is ridiculous. It is, it's it just... is going on and on. Mike Riley has got to come out tomorrow in public and tell him what he's going to do to improve this, or he must resign. He brought this nonsense in with reviewing goals for offside. It's spoiling the game. People are turning away from the game. The Premier League's brand has been tarnished. Resign, Mike Riley, resign!
Is that right, Simon? You want to resign as well? I think, you've got, I, think <laughs> I think you're making a point for us all there, Dan. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, a, I, I'm a massive. We're going to talk about it later on the show. I'm a massive advocate of VAR, yeah, but we're likewise. getting into the territory now and we're being like Tron, like a game, like a computer generated game. Disallowed. I mean, we've seen and it's, we see people on social media saying that Liverpool are being favoured again and again and again by this. Now, I have no reason to believe that, but they got the first decision at one end, and mm-hmm. now they've got the decision at this end as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, how much more of this can we stand? Change the rule so it's the head or the foot, whatever yeah. it's going to be, but not comparing different parts of bodies so people with big hands are disadvantaged, people who've got big backsides are disadvantaged. I mean, nobody in the crowd was complaining about that. Little no. players were going back. Little players are going back to the centre circle. I'm Alan Brazil, and this is Talksport Daily. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is Best Eleven with Johnny Owen and Mark Webster and their special guest, the great actor Stephen Graham, talking of his love of Liverpool. My first like kind of memory, and I know this may sound weird, is my ma took me to the it must have been the homecoming of the European Cup. I'm only a kid then, do you know what I mean? And I mean really young. Um and we'd built this we'd made out of cardboard this big silver cup. Do you know what I mean? And it being covered with um there's a photo of me actually somewhere, and there's me on the wall with all my uncles and all that, and, and my ma made this big cup out of cardboard. And then we goes into town, um the the, the, the St George's Hall, I think it was where the gathering was and all that. And I got lost. 
my ma, my ma lost me. Um, and I ended up getting found by a copper who managed to get in touch and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, it, it ended up, uh, me and my ma were on Granada Report. Because <laughs> it was like, you know, little kid gets lost. Lost child. Lost child. And there was a picture of me in the echo as well. And I've like got a little pair of shorts on, a little cap and all that. <laughs> With the big cup and all that, and my mask stood next to me. So that was my first big memory. Wow. I, think I, I think I was about four, maybe, you know, four or five. Um, so my first football memory was not actually of being at a match, but getting lost in this <laughs> massive crowd of people with my massive silver cup. That was my size. It was bigger you know than I mean? you, wasn't it? It was bigger than me. Yeah. Much bigger than yeah, you, of course it was. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen last season that, I mean, something almost like a million people turned out for Liverpool when they when they win a yeah, cup. It's incredible, it isn't did. it? Yeah. Yeah, we. Um, we went, uh, that, it was Gerard Houllier when we won the three cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we went then, we went, uh, we were on the roof of a car park, me and our kid and me, ma, me da, my Annie, um, we, were, we were on the roof of a car park watching them come home then. But it's just, yeah, the, the amount of people that turn up is unbelievable, do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, this leads us quite nicely onto, onto the second question is, is, why do you support your team? Why Liverpool? Well, and I'm, and, you know, and I'm, and I don't mean to, I'm not, I'm not being facetious, but it is cause where I'm from. Do you know what I mean? And as a kid growing up, that was it. That was the mm. team that was on the telly all the time. That was, you know, it was red, red and white all over the house. And I remember back in them days as well, cause uh, being at my nana's a lot and in the street, and you know, like you'd have the, the the flags would go out on cup final days and all that. And I just remember the, the street, my nana's street, Brookay Drive in Kirby, just being a wash with red and white and flags out the windows, scarves, you know, even like they put in the papers, you'd have like a centre spread, wouldn't you? And people would put all them out on yeah, the windows yeah, yeah. and all that. And yes. I just remember the excitement and that, you know what I mean? And the joy that it brought everybody else. And as a kid, you know how much you're influenced, you know what I mean, by everyone else around you. And just that feeling. So have I been indoctrinated to be a Liverpool supporter? Yes. But <laughs> was it the right thing for me? Yeah. And, you know, when I really started to understand football a little bit more in my teens or whatever seeing the class football that they played just really made me that was it you know I was in there for life through thick or through thin do you know what I mean did you have like an uncle or something or was it, was and my uncle Joey yeah me, it was my uncle Joey that took me to my first game uh, I must have been about six, seven or something like that and my uncle Joey was a massive Liverpool supporter and he took me to my very first match with him and a few of his mates uh, I think it was Mick Billsborough um, and, and we went and we watched we watched the Liverpool play and I remember we won we won that game I couldn't tell you who it was but I just remember walking up you know as every everyone does I know it, it might be a cliche but it's that when you're a little tiny kid and I experienced this myself with our Alfie which was amazing and with Grace you know when you walk up them stairs and all of a sudden you get up and, it, and the sound and the atmosphere hits you and you just look across this space and how big it is do you know what I mean? And the pitch, and that's it. It's just, it's. I don't know. It's, it's. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be ridiculous and say it's better than sex because it's not. But, <laughs> but it's that, it's that feeling in of, front of like, sixty thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Friends, what floats your boat? <laughs> but it's that feeling of like, wow, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Especially at a stadium like that. You know what I mean? Like Anfield. Walking up them stairs, them ten flights of stairs or whatever it is, and just going out there and just looking at it and just going, oh my god, this is it. Do you know what I mean? And finally to Glory Hunters, and here's comedian Darren Farley, the man of a million voices. The latest podcast is available every Monday morning, so you can download it right now. Favourite impression to do is Harry Redknapp. I love doing yeah, Harry Redknapp. Give us a bit, little bit. Yeah, of yeah. That. 
Were you? Were you? He was absolutely fantastic. He's a terrific play. Were you? No, he's absolutely fantastic. He, he's a he's a breath of fresh air. He really. He's absolutely <laughs> terrific, fantastic, yeah, yeah. It was a very poor performance over the place of the season, but so far, I could see the position, the questions, and everything going on there. I don't know what was going on the season, but... <laughs> no, look at that, and that position was over the place. Rafa Benitez, you'd probably say, is one of the tougher characters to do. Yeah, or listen, you talk about this, you know that the players, they work very hard. And you see for, sometimes for the club, you can see that, yeah, okay, always you work very hard, so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, <laughs> <you can> see, <laughs> so. That's incredible, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Will, got any impressions? Hi, get down, do the chopper, get down, <laughs> do the chopper, do it. Now we have to say that that wasn't me. No, no. <laughs> so, by the way, that Schwarzenegger... That was Sylvester Stallone, by the way. Christian, when, got anything? Got when, he... when Schwarzenegger was on Leno, I can only recommend that video when he was on Leno's talk show. Leno said, I heard that you are an avid skier. And then Schwarzenegger said, what do you mean I'm an average skier? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear Harry Kane. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, it's, uh, it's been a great season. I think that obviously we need to score goals, that's important. Uh, but yeah, listen, we've got great players who, who can score goals as well, but uh, it's not all down to me. You've got to see the other players who have got it. Yeah, obviously. You must have a good Roy. Well, of course, obviously, he's very good to play. We have to know he's a very good performance, but of course, we've got to play very well. I think we struggled. We struggled in one particular area today, the pitch. But, you know, <laughs>